Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited about what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can go to my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Well, grab your Bible and let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, this is episode number five. I'll be teaching about the second foundation of the faith, which is faith towards God. Now, we, I've been in the book of Hebrews and I've been teaching from Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. We've been looking at the foundational, fundamental principles of the Christian faith. And last uh, week, I went over what repentance was. And we're going to review just for a moment. First, I want to review with an overview of the book of Hebrews that we established that the writer of Hebrews is unknown. Uh, there have been speculation of who possibly could have wrote the book of Hebrews. Some have said Paul, some Barnabas, some Apollo, some say Aquila, some have said Luke. But it is unknown. We do not know who wrote this particular book. But one thing that we do know is whoever did write it definitely um, was under the influence of the apostles, the disciples, definitely um, was familiar with their teaching. Um, The writer expresses that Christ is supreme and superior by comparing and contrasting Jesus with people and past events in Scripture. For example, he compared, well, I say he, but I don't know if it was really a he. I always say he. Um, it had to be a he, I guess so. But he compared um, to the angels, to the Torah, and uh, to Moses and several other things. Uh, I think also Melchizedek, the priests, um, compared Jesus to these uh, people and to these events that let us to let us know that, you know, with comparing and contrasting that Jesus is better than all of these people and all of these things. And that if you reject Jesus, that you reject the greatest gift. And it's really foolish if you do reject Jesus, you know, that Jesus, for me, I know, and I know I got some witnesses out there, but Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I I don't know about you, but I know that to be true for me. He is the best thing. And so this particular book was written to an unknown audience of Jewish Christians. We learned that from chapter 10, we see that uh, they were being persecuted. And so many of them, as a result, they were being, uh, they were abandoning their faith. They were just like, I forget it. This is too much to take uh, because the persecution was so great and so heavy. And so in chapter 11, it gives us the hall of faith. And um, if you ever get a chance, be sure to read Hebrews 11. It it gives us an example of Old Testament patriarchs that, that serve as our model of faith even today, that we learn from them that we're never to give up on God. Hear me today that don't ever give up on God. Because despite what you may be going through, God will never abandon you. The Bible also says that God will never leave you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he is the promise keeper. He always keeps his promises. God is so faithful. God is so good. So don't ever give up on God. You may be wanting to quit and maybe you want to abandon your faith because you know, you may be going through some difficult times or some difficult things. Well, giving up on God is not the answer. That's not the answer. You want to stay with God. Stick it out. Just stick it out because the end will be good when you're with God because God will never, ever abandon you. It talks about that just like in the natural, when a structure is being built. I gave the example of when 
um, home was being built that after all the blueprints were drawn up and everything, the first thing that they, they do after surveying the land and, you know, taking all the measurements is that they lay down the foundation because the house is going to sit on the foundation and the house is only as strong as the foundation. And so with laying the foundation, there's a process. And that process is that they got to let that foundation set for a little while and make sure that it's good and that it's solid. And so once the foundation sets, then they can start to build the house. They can start to build upon that foundation. Well, the same is true spiritually, that you have to have a firm foundation spiritually. Now, if they build too soon, on if they move too fast, there have been some structures where they've gone too fast, trying to get, get it completed, trying to get it done. And later on, the structure is uninhabitable because it's dangerous for people to be there. And so if you don't have a firm foundation of truth, of doctrine, of the word of God, in the word of God, right teaching, if you don't have that firm foundation, you will make wrong spiritual conclusions. If you don't know what repentance is, what it is, what it's not, how to do it, then, you know, you could really be messed up. If you don't know what faith towards God is, you can be really messed up. So you want to gauge your spiritual maturity by do you know these things? You know, you say, well, I, I don't know any of these things. Well, that's why you're listening to the podcast. It's so that you can learn these things. And so that you can know these things. Like, I didn't even know these existed. I didn't, I've never heard them talk like this. Well, you're hearing it now. All right? And so you want to make sure that your foundation. So what I'm doing before I even start to talk or teach about anything else is I got to make sure that the foundation is laid so that we together, that we can build, I can build together so that you can be strong spiritually. You say, well, I already know these things. Well, that's great and that's wonderful. One person that listened to the podcast um, sent me a message and just thanked me, you know, uh, for the podcast. And the, the, the this lady, had, she's been saved for many years. And she said, this served as a refresher to me. It served as a reminder. And it's good that we be reminded because sometimes we can forget. You know, it's always good to go back to the basics, go back to the foundations. And, and you know, um, I give an example that um, I guess it probably was about, hmm, I guess uh, I'll say about seven years after the house was built, uh, one of the pipes uh, underneath the foundation burst. And so, you know, that was something. They had to pull back the carpet. They had to come in. They had to take a special tool. Or it had a, did it, yeah, it burst. They had to take a special tool to dig down in the foundation and repair it. And sometimes that's what we need. You know, you, you may be, the structure may be strong and the foundation was fine, but sometimes you need to go, got, got to go down in there and just kind of repair some things or fix some things in the foundation. So the same is true, you know, in your life. You may be listening to this and say, well, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I need to make sure that my foundation is solid. And so you can gauge just your own spiritual maturity by how well you, you know these um these foundational truths all right so when the word of god is working in you the word of god when it's working in you it will elevate you to a higher level god wants you to mature he wants you to mature and he wants you to know his word and to know how to handle his word and sometimes people they um they want to get deep too soon and and then they, they want to be profound too soon and there's a process and you have to learn, you know, in Ezekiel, I believe it's in Ezekiel, uh, when God called Ezekiel to, to be a prophet, 
He said to him, you got to allow this word to sink deep in your heart first. So you got to allow this word to sink deep in your heart before you try to, to move forward. It kind of reminds me of um, sometimes if you can look in the spirit and you might see uh, in the natural, you may see a grown person that's sitting there. But in the spirit, they could look like they're just sucking on a bottle because they haven't matured and developed um, yet. So you, we want to make sure that we're maturing and that we're developing. Uh, when the word of God is working, you will be able to distinguish right from wrong. Now, some people just have some stinking thinking. They just, and I just can't understand sometimes and just kind of be looking side-eyed like, how did you come to that conclusion? How did you come to thinking like that? You know, when you believe right, you will live right and you will do what's right because it's the right thing to do. You'll just do what's right because it's right. Not to impress anybody, but because it's the right thing to do. All right? So, Hebrews 5, if you have your Bible, you can go there. Hebrews 5, I uh, read verses 12 through 14. I'm not going to read that all today because I read it in the other episodes, but I just want to just for review, just read um, Hebrews 5. I'm just going to read verse 12. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. So, he goes on to continue to say um, and compare them to those that, that like a baby, you know, that they're, they're on milk. And I began to think about that. And I said, you know, milk, like newborn newborns are on milk. I mean, you know, you start to give kids solid food or can start to put a little, if I remember correctly from taking care of my nephews, a little cereal, a little drop, a little bit of cereal in their um, baby cereal in their bottle about, I guess it was like three months or something like that. And, um, these these people were just on just milk, all right? And so basically what he was saying is that by this time, you guys have been taught so much word. You've been safe for at least a decade. You know, by now, y'all should be spiritual rabbis. Y'all should be teaching yourselves. But no, I still, you, you still are not um, solid. You're still not, you know, you, we're still at the elementary stage. We're still at the elementary level. So just like before you can start to read a big, 200 page book what you first gotta learn your abcs and you gotta start reading the little paper thin book that's only got like four or five pages and and you read it and it's got two or three words on each page you gotta start there first and so he's just telling them that you know you guys really i'm calling he's calling them to spiritual maturity and i'm doing the same i'm calling you to spiritual maturity it's time to mature so that we can learn what we need to learn so that we can move on to other things amen now hebrews 6 1 and 2 it says that therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works now we had to look at this word foundation all right because um the the, the first foundational principle is repentance all right and this word foundation is the greek word the melios and it means it's compa compounded of two words and when you put these two words together it means to set something in stone so this is so important that it should be set in stone in your life repentance is so important that it should be set in stone in your life so why because repentance accompanies salvation okay and then we looked at the greek word for repentance it's the greek word metanomene and it means a a turn 
a change in behavior, a new course, a completely altered view of life and behavior. Repentance is a decision, not an emotion. It has nothing to do with emotion, but sometimes emotions does accompany repentance because you're very sorrowful for what you've done. And the fruit of repentance is going to be a change in behavior. I've seen where people have repented, given their life to Christ, and have known them before, and then have known them after. And I always kind of sit back and watch and look, and I'm looking for the change. I'm looking to see, you know, the difference. And it's really amazing. It's really awesome when you know somebody and how they were, and then you see them totally change. And that's what God is looking for. He's not looking for tears. He's not looking for, you know, he's looking for change. You know, tears don't move me, but change is what moves me. And that's what moves God. Then we looked at um, this Greek word in Matthew 27, 3, for, it was the Greek word for repentant, which is referring to um, Judas Iscariot uh, when, you know, he was the one that betrayed Jesus and he, he gave up Jesus, you know, and so um, for, for 30 pieces of silver. And so we all know the story. And it says that Judas repented right before he hung himself. He repented. And that's the Greek word metamelamai. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I try to practice a little bit, but I got to practice that with a little bit more. So, but it means profound sorrow. It means someone that's engulfed in grief or swallowed in regret. So he was sorrowful for what he, what he did, but he didn't repent. Okay. He was just engulfed in grief. And you see what he did. He hung himself. He was so overcome with grief uh, that he hung himself. And so sometimes that's what people do is they may be sorry or even sorry that they were found out, but they haven't repented. And so remember, always remember that the fruit of repentance is going to be a change in behavior. All right. Repentance is a decision. It's not based in emotion. It's a decision that will result in change in behavior. It is paramount for salvation. If you haven't repented, my friend, you're not saved. All right. It's a foundational, fundamental principle of the Christian faith that we all must do. Repentance accompanies salvation. Jesus' ministry was birthed with repentance. The church was born with repentance. The Bible says in Acts 17, 30, it says that all men everywhere must repent. And all means what? All. It means all. It is what it is. It means all everywhere. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, what your position is, the president of the United States, the ambassador of a country, all men everywhere in every nationality, in every country, in every um, everywhere must repent. We all have to repent. All right. And this brings us to foundation number two, which is faith toward God. Now I might've lost some of you right there because you may think, well, I know what faith is and you know, your mind may have even, even went to Hebrews 11, 1, where it says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But we're going to look at what this is saying about faith toward God. All right. Now, we got to remember that the book of Hebrews, it was written to Hebrew or Jewish believers that were coming out of Judaism. And now Judaism, when, when they, when they um, before they were converted, you know, Judaism, they trusted in 
all kinds of things for salvation. For example, they trusted in traditions, they trusted in their culture, they trusted in circumcision, the law, their religious works, the list just goes on and on and on of the things that they trusted in. But when Christ came, when Jesus came, you know, your works don't save you no more. All right? Jesus paid it all. All right? Your works don't save you. So this um, word, faith toward God, let's break down these words, is um, three different words. Pestistos, which is for, it means faith. Epi means upon. And theon means God. Pestistos epi theon is, is what, what it is. And um, this word, pestistos, like I said, is, is faith, but this is not a faith that's just standing still or it's static, but this is a faith that is moving, all right? This faith is active. This faith is being projected, all right? What is it being projected? Upon God, all right? So th this, is the, this is what it means. It's the picture of complete trust. It depicts no self-reliance. It's a faith that rests only on God and God alone and not dead works. You say, well, what in the world are dead works? Dead works are just works that don't lead to eternal life. Right? When we get to heaven, there's there's no works. There's, there's not, none of that stuff. Now, doing good works is good. And it's right. But it's right for this life. But good works alone is not your ticket into heaven. And I know a lot of people trust, can trust and do trust in their good works for them to make it into heaven. And some people think that people are going to heaven because they did good works. But if you haven't repented and your faith is not projected towards God and upon God, my friend, you're not going to make it in. And people may say, oh, that's mean. And that's, it's the truth. You know, the Bible says the truth shall set you free. And that's what we got to tell is the truth. All right. So if you're trusting in your good works alone and not in the blood of Jesus and Jesus Christ alone, then your faith is not towards God. Because faith towards God, it rests in God and nothing else. It's not resting in nothing else. Now, a lot of people, they might think that, you know, they, they're going to heaven because they've been good. I've heard people say because they go to church. I mean, there have been people that, that I've asked that have come up for prayer when I, you know, I'm ministering in, in a, in a uh, church service. And I straight up ask them, are you saved? And to me... If I ask the question, are you saved? It's a yes or no question that you know immediately. If they go, um, you know, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not a, um, it's a yes or a no. If you saved, you know it. If you're not saved, you know it. All right. And so some people think that just because they go to church or people just come to church, just come to church. Well, the church is for believers that are like-minded people. Now, when people that are not saved come in. You know, they can come to know Christ and then start to come to church. But most of the time, people that are not saved are not going to come to church. They just, they're just not. But coming to church is a byproduct of being saved. You, you're going to want to go to church. You're going to be compelled to go to church. Okay. So um, some people think that they're going to church because they take communion or they was baptized when they was 12 years old. It ain't a bit more saved, haven't repented or anything. Or people, some people think because they've given to the poor that, you know, that they're going to be saved. Well, you know, I recently, uh, last year, I conducted a funeral. And one of the things that I told the listeners was the reason that, that I believe that, that the individual that had passed away is in heaven is not because 
you know, she was nice or because she was good or some people thought, you know, you're so good. You should definitely should make it in. It was because she believed and her faith was in Christ and in Christ alone. If you're depending on your works to make it in, you're in for a rude awakening. According to the scripture, according to the word of God, your faith has to be projected toward God. Your faith has to be in God. Your faith has to be in Christ and Christ alone. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 89, it says, For by grace we have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It ain't nothing that you've done, nothing that you have done. It is the gift of God. And it's the best gift. It's not of works, least any man should boast. So you can't boast about your works and what you've done because it's because of the gift of God. All right? It's because of what God has done. Now, good works are good. And God wants us to do good works. They're, they, they, they are good. It's good to do good works. Good works is, are, are good works accompany salvation. When you get saved, you're going to do good works. All right? So... Numbers 9 and 10, it gives us, um, talks about, did, talks about if, if the children of Israel, they were forbid, forbidden to touch a dead body. So if they did so, they were considered unclean. And when you're unclean, you got to get out the camp and, you know, do all kind of stuff. And so in Hebrew, I mean, in Numbers 9 and 10, um, it talks about that. And this relates to dead works that we don't trust in our dead works for salvation. In fact, these, 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 if they touched a dead body, they were, you know, if they even saw it, they were to turn the other way and not even touch it at all. And so, in Hebrews 6 and 6 and 1, talking about faith toward God, we are to release our faith and project it not toward our works or our deeds, but rather on God, in Christ, and Him alone. And nothing else. So you may say, well, what does this what does this look like? Okay, give me, give me, give me, give me an illustration. Give me an example of what this looks like. Well, I thought of this illustration that when I go to get in my bed, and I was gonna say when I go to get in my bed at night, but sometimes I don't get in my bed always at night. Sometimes I get in my bed during the day, all right. Um, so when I go to get in my bed, I do not walk around my bed and inspect it to see and make sure that all the screws are in and that everything is tight and you know, ready to go. I, I don't do that. And you probably don't do the same thing. I, or you, you probably don't in the middle of the night while you're asleep wondering, is the bed going to hold me up or is it going to, is it going to collapse? No, you get in your bed. And sometimes without even thinking, sometimes I'm so tired, I just climb on in the bed without, I don't have no thought of that at all. Okay. I get in my bed and I'm so confident in this, in this bed that it's going to hold me up. That's not, that I, I even go to sleep and can rest without a care in the world, without thinking about, is it, or even more so, is the floor going to cave in with me in the bed? No, I lay in my bed and I rest and I go to sleep. And that, that, that is what it's supposed to look like. When our faith is toward God, it's resting in Him. That our faith, our complete trust is in Christ and Christ alone. So you may be saying, for those that may wonder, like, am I saved? You know, you may struggle with that. Am I, am I, am I really saved? Or, I, I knew a guy that, um, church I was going to, this young man, he had given his life to the Lord when he was young and he was saved. And when the pastor would have an altar call, he, he, he came up, I don't know, what's going up there for? I said, well, maybe you need to get saved again. So he did it. But after the third time, the pastor just told him, said, look, um, called his name and said, you're saved. You, you know, you don't need to come up here again. You know, you, you are already saved. 
So perhaps maybe he was struggling with, am I really saved? Well, he needed to rest in Christ, that Christ had paid the price, that I repented of my sins, and now I just rest in that. It's not based on anything. There's nothing, there's not enough good that I can do. All right? There's not enough good that anybody can do to, to make it into heaven. It rests in the fact that you believe in Jesus Christ and his blood and that alone. All right? So, when you give, when you get saved, the byproduct of that is going to be good works. Ephesians 2 tells us that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. All right? So your faith must rely in Christ and in his blood alone and not your works, not your deeds. So we do good because we are saved. You, when you're saved, you're going to do good. You're going to want to do what's right because the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. Helping you and teaching you, helping you how to do good and do what's right. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. You now know what repentance is and you know what it's not. You know what you have to do and need to do from dead works. And now you know what? And faith toward God. So the first two foundational fundamental principles of the Christian faith, the number one is repentance and number two is faith toward God. If you don't have these or you, your, your faith is not, you need to make sure that it is so that you can make sure that you're going to make it to heaven. You got to repent of your sins and your faith has to be in Christ and in Christ alone. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord God, that you sent your son, Jesus. And that he died on the cross for our sins and that you made a way of escape for your children. I thank you today, Father God, that as we've discussed and talked about the foundational principles of our faith, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that the foundation is being laid, Lord God. And as we continue to build, Lord God, I thank you for each and every listener, Father God, coming into spiritual maturity, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that you are just, just unifying our hearts and our minds. I thank you for blessing each and every one today, Lord God, and that our faith will be pestistus epitheon, that it will be upon you and you alone, Father God. And we thank you for what it is that you've done and that we can rest in that you have saved us, Father God. And to you be all the glory, all the honor, in all the praise, in the mighty, precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Remember that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revelations from the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone in your life. Share this podcast on your social media networks. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can find the links to all my pages at my website at www.paulacornett.weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. God bless you and hope you will take time to listen again soon.